and welcome back to the Stuck In Between podcast. My name is Romy. And I'm Sandon. Thanks for joining us. In today's episode, we speak with the incredible Aussie model, dancer and educator Raghavi Raghavan on her modelling career and experiences with tokenism. Raghavi pushed herself out of her comfort zone through dance and modelling, which has really helped her find herself and become comfortable in her skin. Raghavi is now using her platform to make sure that she's representing her South Asian background and paving the way for other people of colour and minority groups. This was such a fun episode to record. We hope you enjoy it too. Raghavi, we're so excited to be sitting with you here today. Uh, it's funny because sometimes when we meet people for the first time who listen to the podcast, I feel like they already sort of know a little bit about us because they've heard us speak. And I kind of feel the same way with you because <laughs> since we met very briefly a few months ago, I've seen you on TV, I've seen you in the newspaper, <laughs> and I've seen you on a bus. <gasps> oh, that's right. That sounds that's so crazy. Well. He actually sent me a video of like an ad come up on TV. I think it may have been the, the Woolies ad. Or was it the Combank? No, I think it was, it was an Did app. Did you do a... Oh. It was the Snaffle one? That's the one. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, oh my gosh, like, this is so weird. I literally just did not want TV and rugby. Oh, man. Here. It's out there. <laughs> is, it, is it weird seeing yourself in those situations? Or are you kind of like used to it now? Honestly, I don't have a TV at home. So I don't see myself oh. a lot. Um, so, yeah, I've probably seen like one time on YouTube... Where I had like a wool. Did you ad. get an ad while you were watching yes, YouTube? Yes, I saw myself. I was trying to skip it, and I couldn't <laughs> skip myself. <laughs> it's like so how, like funny. when, like when we listen to ourselves back, we kind of cringe yeah, a bit. Cringe. Yeah. Do you, you do you feel that at all? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Oh my gosh! When that snaffle ad came out, I was like, oh, that was so cringe. So was modeling yeah. always in the card for you, or? Yeah, how did, how did you kind of fall into it? Oh, you know what? It's No, it's never been in the card for me. If you knew me as a young person, total opposite of what you'd see on TV. Like, mm. I couldn't get comfortable in my skin as a kid, really. So, yeah, it was – but the way that I got into modelling was so, so whacked out. Like, I started off, obviously, in dance. You guys know that I'm a dancer. I started doing, like, street-style dancing about mm-hmm. a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like, mainly Afro dance hall. And dance hall comes from Jamaica. Entered a, a dance competition because I just needed to do something that was, like, so out of my comfort zone. Just, like, get out of my – own space I guess mm. didn't think that I was going to go past the first round end up winning the competition oh, oh my god it was insane and dance hall comes from Jamaica so the following week Usain Bolt was coming down from Jamaica so they were like hey you're the dance hall queen now because that's what they call you when you win this competition do you want to do this commercial with Usain Bolt and next week I'm sitting there with Usain Bolt for an Optus ad and that's how I rolled into commercials. Wow. That's insane. Yeah, that was a good six, seven years ago now. Yeah, yeah, but then were you like baffled by the fact that, you know, you mentioned before you weren't particularly comfortable in yeah. your skin. And I feel like a lot of, I, I don't want to generalise, but I feel like a lot of young women mm. felt that way, especially growing up, right? Where yeah. you're not particularly comfortable. Exactly. I feel like everyone had their awkward teenage phase right I mean like how are you guys as teenagers yeah I definitely had a bit of an an awkward phase where you're like kind of you know you're not necessarily like comfortable in your skin completely and you don't really know who you are as a person yeah and you're always trying to just like kind of just follow what's trendy what's happening rather than figuring out what you like as an individual I feel like I definitely experienced that 
as a guy, I feel like what was I'm your still experience? in that awkward <laughs> teenage phase. <laughs> no, but I feel like everyone's always, you know, trying to figure themselves out. But I feel like as a teenager, it's yeah, like it's just a million times harder because there's hormones running and there's yeah. different yeah. pressures. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, guys, I had frizzy hair, braces, glasses. I was short, and I always seem to, you know, how in the movies. There was always always that dorky, like quirky character. I seem to relate to that character way more than I related to anyone else. And I was thinking about it for this podcast as well. Like there were always that random Mm. person of colour just like put in, hey, let's just make them, you know, brown, black or Asian or whatever it may be. Mm. And obviously you're not going to be able to relate to any of the the white characters with the straight hair. So it was funny, like, looking back, I was like, oh, I always felt at home when I was, like, watching those. And I'm a science nerd. Like, I'm a science scientist by day as well. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to step into when I'm older and I'm going to own it. But then when you were cast to do that ad and Mm. then you continued to do more modelling gigs from there, was it, like – a shock to you were you very comfortable from the get-go or were you just like screw it I'm just gonna put on like an alter ego and just it like, seems so natural it. right <laughs> yeah, like if I met you for natural. the first time I'd be yeah. like oh yeah she's like totally supposed to be modeling and acting in ads yeah. and no, doing all these uh, awesome things yeah I look this is one of the reasons why I did the dance comp because I was a very shy reserved like girl basically Mm. so yeah no it was not normal for me to feel comfortable and I had to work my way up like I at the beginning it was really awkward to to be in front of the camera but you know it's been like a good seven eight years and now I'm like all right just gotta fake it till I make it if people knew me back in the day my Instagram handle used to be called bad machine with three d's um (laughs) it's really embarrassing I think you're gonna have to explain that (laughs) so Oh, okay. Everyone in the world is going to know this now because I've never really explained it to people. But um, when I was really, really young, I did this like personal development program and they basically had kind of explained that we're all machines as humans. Mm. You know, we kind of study, we get told that we have to go get a job, we've got to get a family and da, 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 da. And then you just like, you're a machine, right? You don't really question much in life. So I was like, well, I'm not going to be a good machine. I'm going to be a bad machine. Um, so which is how the Instagram nice. handle came about yeah. not knowing that Rihanna on the other side of the world was called bad girl Riri yeah. <laughs> and so people kept thinking that I was this baddie and then they would meet me and they're like you are not that like mm. but yeah that was that was the, the story ego. yeah that was my alter ego <laughs> that I had to step into I was like great I'm a baddie now let me just try this on and see where it goes yeah, yeah but it's so huge that you had that kind of growth in such a short period of time. Yeah. Mm. What was the reaction of the people around you seeing you come into your own in that kind of way? Yeah. I was thinking it over the last few years. Like when I when I was thinking about this, I was like, oh, maybe it's just been over the last few years. But like when I first started to step out of my shell, I think, yeah, people were surprised, definitely. Um, as you were, like, you mm. know, you're you're supposed to be going to university, becoming an engineer or doctor, and here I am. Being like, all right, I'm going to be with Usain Bolt. I'm going to be going out and doing dancing, street style dancing, that is, after doing Bharatanatyam for so long. Mm. Um, So it was a shock to the system for a lot of people. Mm. Like, I can't say past my parents and my family how it was, but, yeah, I think my friends were definitely encouraging, obviously. Like, of course they're going to be encouraging. Your friends are going to be encouraging. Yeah, Yeah. and I've got amazing friends who are actually doing stuff in life and love what they do. So... Yeah, like parents, obviously it took them a while to, yeah. to come around, but I've always taken them on the journey. So yeah. like it's really, really important for me that 
you know, I go back to my roots, which are my parents, and tell them what I'm doing and make sure that they not just approve because they're not they might not approve with everything, but at least know what I'm doing yeah. and that like I'm not doing anything shady don't worry and yeah. I'm always going to do things that's going to make them proud yeah eventually like yeah. I, I did have to step away and go okay I gotta just do this and prove that I'm successful yeah I came back and now they're like sending all their friends like oh, say, <laughs> do they see like your ad come on and like yeah. send their friends it's really <laughs> embarrassing sometimes my dad whips out my Amex ad like we were at a oh restaurant and he's like oh Amex right so do you know my daughter oh, <laughs> and I'm standing there and oh it's so embarrassing he's at Woolies being like oh my daughter was on a Woolies honestly <laughs> honestly and I didn't realize he did this it's kind of heartwarming but also yeah. super embarrassing yeah. I feel that yeah. yeah I feel that but um we've spoken a bit about the cool campaigns that you've been in mm-hmm. like the MX one um but you're doing so many awesome things on top of that as well give us a bit of a spiel about all the amazing things that you do uh I get to work with young people um, so I am a science educator and I get to do that. Um, that's my passion. Like I've always, from a young age, I think because I had quite a hard time like growing up and feeling like I was lost, I grew up and I was like, okay, I need to do something about this, which is why I work with young people closely. A lot of the time it's like in mentorship roles or I, or I get to go out to schools and you know, teach them science and relate it back to maths and science, but also actually do like female empowerment courses within Mm. schools as well. Um, So look, forever, I know I'm going to be working with young people and that's just going to be my thing. I also do dancing, obviously, and acting and modelling, but that's it's kind of like a selfish reason like it's purely for me and it started off like that but now I'm realizing the impact that it's having yeah I was about um, to say like even through dance and being part of Bindi Bosses who we've yeah interviewed whoop, in the whoop. past <laughs> like you guys are a movement in itself yeah yeah and look like everything that I do I've always gone okay what's my intention for this and dancing has got to be for myself because I need that like I need to be able to like self-express and not think about anyone else but I love the fact that I get to do that with Bindi Bosses um but yeah I feel like those are some of the cool things that I get to do outside of my modeling yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's awesome so you were saying before that your friends were encouraging and your Mm. parents came around yeah but like we know what brown people can be like sometimes and can be quite judgy particularly if you enter a field like modeling i've honestly not ever thought about it really is that bad i think it's a good thing that you haven't though because that means you're not letting it affect you right i was just wondering if like anyone had said anything to your face or you'd heard anything no not really and look like i've just got this motto like you just live your life it's not Mm. it's not yolo definitely don't yolo everything (laughs) but like you know like you just kind of live your life like you want to live it and, mm. and I was saying this before as well, like I never want to look at my grave like, okay, Ragabi, Ragabi, what did you do with your life? Like what do I want it to say on my tombstone? Mm. And I don't want it to say she tried, mm. you know. I want it to say she lived the best that she could mm. and doing that in a way that's positive. Mm. Like that's really important for me that I'm making a difference somehow. Mm. So, yeah, like I guess because I am such a positive person, like – any negativity, I'm like, nah, nah, yeah. nah. And I, uh, quite honestly, I dance it out. Like, if yeah. anything negative comes my way, I just go, cool, good for you, dancing it out. Yeah. That's mad. Just mm. pump some music in your apartment. Yeah, for Let sure. Loose. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess on one hand, with your day job, you're using your analytical mind, um, working in STEM and giving back and mentoring young people. Mm. And on the other hand, you've got this creative side in the public eye. 
what's been really cool to see recently, and um, I'm sure you guys would have seen something similar online, is people posting videos of their children reacting to see yeah. people who look like them on screen. Oh my yeah. gosh, I saw that! Those yeah. are so cool. I, see, I think Enchanto is the most recent yeah. one I saw, yeah. which is like really cute. Which Little I think for us like, oh, growing cool. up, I can't recall anyone that yeah. I looked like mm. seeing on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that's why people are posting these videos and celebrating it in this way yeah. that it's happening more now. Yeah. What's it like for you? Because I'd assume that you wouldn't have seen anyone who was brown with curly hair Mm-hmm. on screen doing all these cool things yeah uh, do you realize the kind of impact you're having by being that person uh no <laughs> now that you say that um no but it's nice it's nice to know that you know because I get really excited when I see other people that kind of look like me especially South Asian women on screen I literally just dm'd someone today and I was like I'm so proud of you I don't know who you are but I'm so proud that you're making an impact and you're doing what you love um, so. Yeah, it's really cool to see that. I think, you know, Australia is one of the, I think it's like the top 10 multicultural countries in the entire world. Yeah. So we've got to actually demonstrate what that looks like. Yeah. yeah. And I know you were talking before about the inclusivity, right? And how like there's a, a push for it and that when you were younger, you didn't see anyone, but now you being that person or when you see someone else, you always call it out and you're super proud of them. Mm. Like as a woman, particularly, like when you're little, you buy um, those little like magazines, right? Do you remember the magazines? Girlfriend, that used to girl Dolly. And Dolly that they used to send sell. Then what did you buy? Total Girl. <laughs> I had cousins who were into those. it. So yeah. I know exactly what you guys are talking <laughs> and about. And like you see the same type, yeah. like, you know, you buy all these magazines as a kid and it's the same type of person that you see through that. And as a kid, the thought never came to my mind that there was no one that looked like me. Mm. I was just like, oh, yeah, all of these girls are pretty. And it was like a very prescribed way Mm. that you had to look, right? Um, And it was always about being, you know, skinny and, you know, having blonde hair and like straight hair. Yeah. When you started out even modeling, you said about seven years ago or so, Mm. do you feel like that it's improved since that Mm. type of like – idea of what you had to look like or that inclusivity at least that you saw because obviously when we were kids it was non-existent but I'm hoping that at least when you started out it was a little more diverse um to be honest like when I first started out like I was lucky to have like my first gig be with Usain Bolt, which was a little bit more yeah, diverse. true, true. Right? But that's because the celebrity was coming yeah. down, right? Would I have been chosen if he was if there wasn't a connection? Like, I don't think so. Yeah. And look, I've been with an agent for seven years and I've gotten more work this year and last year than I've ever had in my entire life mm. in a way, right? So that's crazy to yeah. know that I've had more work in two years and I have – in like seven to eight years yeah um but yeah like it's been it's been good to see the transition like I've tried to pinpoint where this transitions happen and how like why am I getting chosen for all of these roles now and I can definitely see that the black lives movement has really made a, a huge impact because people are aware now and it brought attention to okay where is the inclusivity and where is mm. the diversity um but yeah yeah, I think it's shifted quite a bit since I first started out seven years ago to now. To now. Yeah. There's definitely mm. more conversations around inclusivity and diversity mm. as well, right? Like when we were growing up, I don't think anyone was kind of calling it out as no. much as it's happening now. And I guess we've got the platform to do it with social media. Yeah, and It's not only diversity with people of colour, right? It's 
the LGBTQI plus community. It's yeah. people of different body types and abilities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, different heights. I mean, yourself, Raghavi. I'm like, petite. You're, yeah, you're yeah. a petite person. And, you know, maybe 10, 12 years ago, you wouldn't have seen Definitely someone that not. was your height yeah. be a model on TV or anywhere. I, I remember I was going down to an agency and they literally said to me, okay, we're just going to put you down at this end of the roles rather than this end because you're never going to get this end. You're never going to get anything past commercial. You're never going to get runway or anything like that, which at the time, that's what the standard was. Mm. But I was like, oh, hell no. Am I going to like sit here and take that? Like I'm going to figure out how I can make it all work as well. And that's just always be my attitude. Um, But I think because more and more people are speaking out as Mm. well now and being like, hey, that's not how it goes. Like I've seen so many people, I don't know if anyone's like been noticing, but the America's Next Top Model, the Tyra Banks show, all of that, they're tearing that down. It's been insane. Yeah. so good. Like, wow, the people used to say that back then, like to their face. And now I think there's more emotion in modeling and Mm. people are being more sympathetic and empathetic and inclusive and diverse with everything and really understanding people come from different backgrounds and that's okay. Mm. Um, I remember thinking, okay, why do we actually need people like me in media or like people that are diverse and it's because we exist in the world it's not all just skinny tall people with straight hair you know like there are different types of people in the world why are we not actually showing them yeah Yeah. it's 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 ridiculous now that we think about it's like hey like that doesn't make sense it doesn't add up yeah Yeah. and it's also people like maria satil for example exactly she's not your you know conventional what people in quote in air quotes yeah you can't see me do it but (laughs) in air quotes what a conventional like miss australia would have looked like like 10 years ago yeah she looks so different to Jen Hawkins, for example. But she definitely represents Australia just as much as Mm. anyone else because she's really redefining what it means to be Australian as well, Mm. right? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I want to go back to something you said earlier um, because you're talking about how you have gotten more gigs recently in the last couple of years. And you think that the casting has been influenced a lot by movements like the Black Lives Movement, right? Um, Something you mentioned to us when we first met was that you know, the, the average person might have some ambiguity about what nationality you are. Mm. Do you feel like sometimes you do get cast with people assuming that you're a certain ethnicity that you're actually not? Possibly, yeah. And look, when I, whenever I apply for anything, we have to write down our ethnicity. Mm. So I always say I'm South Asian, like, and then I put in brackets Indian, Sri Lankan, you know, because people don't always know what that means. Um, But for sure, like I was talking to someone recently who actually does work in like production and they were saying, yeah, sometimes they actually put in briefs racially ambiguous. So it kind of like ticks off a whole bunch of... Oh, covers everyone. Yeah, totally. But what I have been doing more and more now, and this has been so good because the stylists are constantly now consulting with the models to figure out what their personalities are like and what they can bring. Mm. So I'll bring in my drunkas. I'll bring in my, you know, my Indian wear, my portu and go, hey, can I try and slip that's, this in so cool. somehow? Yeah. yeah, and sometimes they take it and sometimes they're like, oh, that's not going to be the right fit, which yeah, sometimes it is and maybe I'm in the beach and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So, yeah. yeah, like it's definitely a thing and um, I make it a huge point that people know that I'm not anything else other than South Asian. Yeah. yeah. But I can't, obviously, like I, I, was t- <laughs> I do the DNA test 
and it came back as 100% South Asian Sri Lankan, which I was wishing, okay, what can explain my hair? But it came back as that. I'm proud of it. Love you, Dad, for, for giving it to me. Um, but it does give me a certain kind of edge. I can really note that, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I also took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% that bitch. <laughs> I knew where he was going. As soon as he started, I was like, oh, God, I don't know where he's going. Do you want to be a bad machine part two? Would you like that? I'll, I'll gladly. I'll be honest. <laughs> you can take that username then. It's gone. Oh, my God. Um, the, the other word that came up for me when you were explaining or sharing all of that is tokenism, mm. right? Especially when it comes to that cultural or ethnic ambiguity that the casters are looking for when they are searching for people. Yeah, look, at the beginning, I really felt like I was the only person of colour ever in every single shoot. Mm. Um, so they were just ticking off a box yeah, by having you there. Yeah, literally. Basically. I was literally just a ticked box. They Sometimes they didn't even care that I was there, mm. you know? Um but nowadays, it, I feel like that's slowly uh, and surely shifting. Um, but yeah, like at the beginning, definitely felt like tokenism. I had curly hair. I was brown skinned. It just made sense for me to be there, right? right. But now there's way more like, you know, I'm not the only South Asian in the room anymore. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the brands are conscious of this as well. Um, and they are doing a little bit of tokenism. But people are pointing out that mm. it's not the way to go kind of like you know having one of each color on like in front of the camera just for the sake of it yeah, yeah. Uh, but just to rewind a bit can we just take a few steps back and can we hear from you yeah how you actually define tokenism um i guess it's you know hiring a minority group for the sake of hiring it and like you know just as a not a prop but just to be there rather than looking at what their qualifications are and whether they're actually deserving to be there and look, most of the time they are, right? But, you know, we've got to do more than just, hey, let's just tick a box. Mm. They fit this, yeah. yeah, right? Like really dig in deep. It's like, what are their qualifications like? You know, what are their experience like? What can they bring to the table? Mm. And are you going to listen to them? Mm. Are you going to listen to what they bring to the table as well? I think that's really important too. Yeah, yeah. rather than having just someone there yeah, for the sake of having mm. someone there, right? Because a lot of brands are almost worried about the backlash that they'll receive but not having people of colour. So the answer yeah. to that was, let's not actually genuinely try to be diverse yeah. here. Let's just, you know, get a spectrum of different people. Yeah, it's just like the ads. appearance of equality rather than, you know, actually having equality. The, yeah. yeah, it's that yeah. appearance, yeah. right? Yeah. Like doing it for the appearance rather yeah. than mm. a genuine intention. Yeah. Um, and like having a, a, a monolithic assumption about what an ethnic background or minority group stands mm, yeah. for. Um, and represent and and using that as a way to brand and be yeah. like, hey, you know, yeah. we're on board with all of this and we're progressive yeah. when really they're not. Mm. Definitely. At the same time, I could imagine that sometimes it's a really fine line to be walking mm. uh, because sometimes it's very clear the intent of companies who do this, right? But then other times it's kind of grey. Mm. Yeah. Um, as a model, how do you navigate that? Because like if it were me, and I'm a bit more of a sceptical person, I would say. Mm. Um, if I were in your shoes, I'd always be questioning, like, you know, did I get this job because of my credentials and mm. what I bring to the table? Or is it purely because of what I look like, yeah. you know? And, like, how can you really know? Yeah. Like, like, you can't really know the intent, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, of course you'll be thinking that. Um, you can't, you can't, you really can't know the intent of anyone, right? But I do a lot of research 
on who I'm going to be modeling for and who I'm going to be representing. I'm so huge on that. So I've got to make sure that whoever it is, everything, their values, their ethics, are they lining up with myself as well? And look, you get to talk to the recruiter. You get to talk to them about, hey, are you going to be collaborate? Am I going to be collaborating with you? Or is it just going to be this, you know, one thing that I just got to do? But it's difficult to say in the modeling world because usually they just give you a brief and the lines and what you got to do and mm. what you got to say. Um, Recently, I haven't really had too much trouble in that. Like I said, I think the industry is really moving hard and fast in a way that more collaboration and more diversity and inclusivity is happening. Yeah. Yeah. But then it also brings upon the question, right? And like Sandlin and I were kind of chatting about this while we were prepping for this episode as well about like, is tokenism really that bad of a thing mm. um like yeah, of course it's, like it's not good to to hire someone for the sake of ticking off a box of having a person of color yeah but by doing that at least there is a person of color true yeah and like, it's not so a it's, good thing it's but it's not, a stepping stone yeah. in a way yeah it yeah. definitely is a stepping stone and look like we need to try and create a national narrative that's going to include diversity and social like inclusivity as well right so the more people that we see on screen that look like us that are successful, the more we're going to feel like, okay, I can do that. I can be that person, yeah, right? Sure. Um, look, over time, I really believe that more and more people of colour is just going to be normal for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, so yes and no, like you said, it's a silver lining. It's mm. a fine line to try and discuss that, but at least we're there. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And like over time, even I've seen now that there are a lot more people of colour in ads and you notice like biracial families and yeah. stuff like that a lot more too which and like it stands out to me like I don't watch tv a lot but mm. when I do see it I'm like oh my gosh there's this like brown lady and this Asian man and they've got <laughs> this halfy kid on this insurance yeah. ad like what the heck like yeah. I never saw that and it stands out so much because it never happened yeah before yeah. which is like sad but at least it's happening now yeah, yeah. we definitely are seeing that change but for me at least um, when I watch an ad like that, in the back of my head, I'm like, this is great, but are you doing it just to appeal to an audience and sell more? Or <laughs> are you doing it genuinely because of what diversity is yeah. and yeah. looks like, right? And I guess the reason why I think that way is because indirectly, we've been trained to think that yeah, way. Yeah, that's right? true, that's true. I feel like, um, you know, like we said before, it's going to be normalised over time. And I think, yeah, we just need to see more people in mainstream media, in positions of power and success. So, uh, look, at the end of the day, we do live in a country where there is discrimination as well. And the more that we can connect with the minorities in the country, then the more it's going to be like, all right, this is going to be fine, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm really blessed to be able to go out to rural New South Wales and present myself up there. And they don't get to see that a lot. They don't get to see, firstly, a woman who's a scientist who's a person of colour, to come out and say, hey, you can come out and do maths and science in the world. And I'm also a dancer and model. They're like, what? Their minds are blown, mm. right? And people out there really appreciate seeing the diversity and what people can do. Yeah. So imagine, like, you seeing that on the most commercial mainstream way of, like, yeah. connecting to people. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so good that you're standing for that. And, like, you're, you are representing so many things in so many different ways. Oh, thanks, yeah. Because Thank I feel you. like people need to take that small step right Mm. and your story this is such a sidebar but like your story reminded me um so my boyfriend lived in Griffith for two years Mm. um he's a mental health clinician and he was working there 
so it's like pretty rural and he never faced like any type of discrimination there although mm. he was a minority and mm. people thought he was aboriginal wow people just apparently one See? like patient came in and was like oh the aboriginal young man was the one who looked after me and they were like who are you talking about <laughs> and they just went oh you must be talking about adrian yeah but like that also goes to show right because of the lack of diversity it's yeah. like all sort of darker people must just be like yeah. aboriginal and yeah. then like maybe lighter skin brown people are all indian yeah and then all white people are just white yeah, yeah. i feel like it shows like both ends of the coin it's an exposed it to so it you've got assumptions yeah and things, right? you go out to these little bubbles where they don't interact with minority yeah. groups and you distance yourself like then you just don't know you like I remember I was out like in the North Shore area and the parents had been talking to me over the phone for quite a while, over like literally months and months and months. They came in one time, wanted to have a conversation with me and she goes, oh, I was not expecting you. And I was like, <gasps> what do you mean? She goes, oh, just you don't look like how I imagined you to be. And, you know, I'm someone who's quite positive. I was like, all right, cool, cool. And her daughter sat down to do an interview with me for something like for a school assignment and her mum was just like kind of lingering, lingering around. And at the end of the interview, she comes up to me and she's like, oh, you've picked up English really well. Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've lived here since I was six years old. She goes, yeah, it's just like the slang, like, you know, no worries, mate. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, mm-hmm, cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what she was yeah. thinking. But then also I don't blame her because she literally, she, she had said to me, she goes, outside of this area, I don't really interact with too many more yeah. people. So I couldn't blame her either, yeah. right? And I'm not someone who's like, oh, like, it's just, it's education. Yeah. Like, it's going out of your way and actually, like, educating yourself, interacting with people so you break those stereotypes or whatever yeah. you see on TV. Yeah, because when people aren't used to, like what you said, interacting with people of colour, they don't really realize mm. all they see are like you know apu from the simpsons and think mm. like every brown person's like yeah. this is especially weird when it happens under your nose mm. yeah um like i played basketball with some guys and um at the time i don't know how much you guys know about the story but liz cambridge who's a aussie WNBA player she spoke out about an olympics campaign which showcased all these aussie athletes from different sports and they were all white. Um, mm. And her point was that, you know, we have so much great talent in this country. Yeah. You know, why can't we include some people of colour? Because yeah. that's what our teams and that's what our country really looks like, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Andrew Bogut, who's an ex-NBA player, he fired back about it. And some of the guys I play with took his side and, you know, mm. thought it was something to do about yeah. nothing. But I'm like, like, you don't get it because you haven't been in the shoes of minority groups to understand what things like that really mean and the messages that they convey Mm. right and this is one of the reasons why i say it's all about education as well like you have to have a curious mind and you want to be educated around this stuff as well not be ignorant to it Mm. at all Um, which is why i think a lot of people had to like stop and pause when black lives movement came around and had to be in your face because you know like yes it's happening in america but we've got indigenous people here and i think it did it did bring light to how we were treating them and you know we've got invasion day coming up soon as well and that's something where people are speaking up more about and being in solidarity with so 
yeah, it's important. I think we've yeah. just got to like keep it going, got to yeah. keep this going in any way possible. And I look, modeling is a way that I've been doing it. Dancing and modeling is a way that I've been doing it in one way. And, you know, the other way is through young people because I think if we can impact the next generation yeah. and look they're so on it like yeah. they really get it right so yeah. for me yes there's the older generation and it's about educating them as well but the younger generation is for me I'm like as long as they get it and they can see hey we need to like be more inclusive it's going to build up a, a stronger world that's what's super dope with everything that you're doing because on one hand you're getting people to listen and on the other hand, you're getting people to see, yeah. right? You're tackling it from both angles. So yeah, I think it's so important thanks. and so powerful what you are doing. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. people don't not know the double life that I run. <laughs> <laughs> so people just come up to me like, so you do dancing full time? I was like, nope, I've got a whole other life. But I love it. Like, yeah. I love doing that. Mm. So awesome. Yeah. I mean, like for us growing up, watching movies and TV, you always see the minority as like a side character who doesn't. Yeah, like we said before. Same with But now there's so many shows coming up, like Never Have I Ever, and totally. even with um, yeah. Bridgerton. Yeah, even with Bridgerton. With Bridgerton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it's awesome to see it happening, but at the same time, we also still have cases like how Meghan Markle was treated yeah. in the media as a person yeah. of color in a in a white institution. Yeah. Mm. I know it's, it's it's I feel like it's like a really weird place, mm. but it's heading in the right direction. Yeah. 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 And it's always interesting too because at least from what I've observed and I don't know how like true this is but I feel like Australia's a bit behind when it comes to the diversity in mm. modeling or in ads or on TV. Yeah. Um whereas, you know, especially somewhere like Canada, yeah. which is like extremely I mean, it seems very diverse and very accepting of yeah. different cultures. Even recently I saw like a couple of influencers there who are on like you know, ads for Target and H&M hmm. and like, you know, South all Asian these bigger, South Asian influencers, yeah. sorry, yeah. I should say, um, who are very much ingrained in that. Whereas yeah. I feel like it, it hasn't happened as much here when mm. it's not like there's a lack of people. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I feel like Australia kind of has been behind in everything mm. and we're a relatively we're new, new country, country as well, yeah. right? So, you know, we kind of seem to be following america right mm. so if america makes a move then we're like oh great let's make that move too so i think that's where it comes down to um but like we said it's moving in a generally good direction and i'm like i said i'm a positive person and send then you being a cynical person as you said I don't know if i'm cynical <laughs> but i'd say i'm more skeptical <laughs> skeptical <laughs> person being being a skeptic and me being the positive i think with that energy so we can you know drive it forward yeah. somewhere yeah, yeah no doubt um, it's so great to see that you're so passionate about your day job as well as your creative life. Mm. What's your dream long-term plans with both of them? Can I say that I'm living it right now? Because I do feel like I'm living my dream right now. <laughs> That's awesome. So amazing to hear. Um, yeah, no, I, I've just, from a young age, I've just, because I've been in the corporate world for a little bit, not for very long, and then I've stepped out and gone, "That's not what I want to be doing." So I've really built my life the way that I want to build it. Mm. Um, there's this thing that I, I say to myself is just like live your life powerfully. And powerfully for me means like I get to choose every decision that I make. Yeah. So no one else does, not my parents, not society. I get to do it. Yeah. So, you know, that like since my early 20s, I've always said that to myself. That's yeah. Good on you. That's actually so great to hear yeah. i don't think many people can say that 
Yeah. Thanks, guys. It was flipping my mindset mm. 180 degrees. I was like, I'm so sick and tired of being this small, reserved, shy person. I'm so sick of it. Turned around one day and I was like, well, it's not one day. It took like, you know, a few mm. weeks and like training courses and personal development courses. And I was like, right, I'm going to do everything that scares the living crap out of me. Hence the dance competition, hence me going into dancing and modeling and all of that. So over time, like, I feel like I'm resilient because of that and mm. anti-fragile. Um, yeah. And having a good network, like a good network of friends mm. is so good. Like, yeah, it's been really, yeah. it's been really cool that way. Yeah. If you were to give some advice to a young person going through like the motions of being a teenager mm. and trying to like figure themselves out, yeah, what would it be? Um, try and fail as many times as you possibly can because this is the time to do it. Mm. Like when you're in your 20s, that is the time. In your teens, do it, right? Um, in Australia, if you do something and you fail, like if you try something and then you fail, like – you're not going to fall into poverty. Like, that's the great thing about living in Australia. We've got to really appreciate this. Like, you know, so, like, go hard. Go hard and, like, fail hard, especially in your 20s. And I think what I tell all of my young people that I get to mentor is it's okay to, like, change directions. Mm. I've changed directions so many times because otherwise you would never figure out what you want to do yeah. in life. Yeah. And it's not the, the hard and fast rule of, hey, get your degree and that's exactly what you have to go into yeah. straight after, you know, university. I meet 40-year-olds who ha still have no idea what they're doing in life. Mm. They're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. I'm probably going to switch, like, you know, in 10 years' time, but that's okay. Mm. I don't yeah. think enough people tell you it's okay to do that. It's mm. okay to change your mind and mm. keep yeah. doing something else. Yeah, and I think that's something sometimes we forget when you get caught up in the rat race, right? Definitely. There actually are so many opportunities, mm. and we're so fortunate for that, to have that in Australia. So, yeah. um, you know, if one thing does fail, there is real opportunity to bounce back in in whatever yeah. shape that kind of looks like. Curious to know what what's your dream because you you asked me what's your big dream that you would want to do in the next few decades. Um, oh, I don't know where to start. I think there's a few. So I think a big one is where can we take Sucker yeah. Between? Um, and how can we grow it into something that's bigger than just the podcast, right? Yeah. Um, can we grow it into something like a media platform? where we can share stories in different mm. formats. I think mm. that'd be really cool. And, you know, what does that kind of look like? Uh, I think professionally, if Stuck In Between can't eventually become a full-time thing, I would want to shift to work in the non-for-profit space. Um, nice. And then a few music projects and ideas, which I guess are a bit on the back burner for now. Um, I think those are my goals as of now, at least. Love that. I love, I love to hear that, you know, you still have, you know, your music side, the creative side, and then you've got like your analytical, like you said, brain going on as well. I love meeting people like that. Yeah, I think you that's You can really hold me accountable to reaching those goals. I, def I am the queen of accountability. You can <laughs> trust me on that. My, seriously, I am. <laughs> I don't, don't doubt I that at all. <laughs> <laughs> She's like so serious right now. Her eyes are like bulging out of her head. Like, <laughs> I deal with teenagers all day, every day, <laughs> and they think they can slime out of anything with me. Hell no. <laughs> How about you? Yeah. Oh, I think 
obviously the podcast. I think like what Sandin said before is something that both of us discussed. We would love to make it more than just a podcast and more of a creative platform and to be able to do this full time if mm. it ever can eventuate to that yeah. um, would be incredible to do. Um, aside from that though, I think I have a similar thought to Sandin where I always thought to do what I'm doing now, which is sort of in the marketing field, but for a not-for-profit mm. or for something where I can feel like I'm giving back a little bit more directly, but still using the skills that I possess, I think would be ideal long-term for yeah. me to do. Um, but in saying that, like I'm really grateful for what I do now and it's still building up my skills and whatnot. But I think that side of me will always be there, like wanting to do something where I can more tangibly give back. Mm. Um, I think that's something that like probably Sandin and I share and like even as mates, even before we started the podcast, we would like yeah. talk about that and yeah. both, yeah, want to do I something. I think inherently as human beings, we kind of want to be doing that. Like we want something to give back. I, that's where for me, I'm like, that's where true happiness lies. Mm. Like if you're really like connecting to your work as – it's making a difference in the world, then you're like, all right, like I'm content. Yeah. You can have all the money in the world, you can have all the whatever, but like if you're content with like making a difference, then that's that's where it lies. Yeah. What we like super dope is if we long, long term, I'm saying long, long term, so not give the false impression that we think that we're going to achieve this super soon, but we grow stuck in between in a way that we can do charitable work through yeah, Stuck In Between as well. Really yeah. yeah. That'll be, yeah. Amazing. Oh, you'll have so many people amazing. backing you up, man. Like everyone on this podcast is going to like cheer you on. I, I don't doubt that. I think with the community that we've been able to tap into and all mm -hmm. the people that we've met along the way, everyone is so supportive yeah. and encouraging. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's great that like everyone kind of pushes each other and kind yeah. of helps yeah. each other. And it's and just like, doesn't even have to be to that scale, right? Like just the words of encouragement yeah. we've gotten from people. Of course, yeah. It's been so good. Like I, I mean, I didn't think too much about it, but once we started, like there wasn't a single person so far that's been like, oh, like, what are you guys doing? This is shit. Yeah. Like everyone's yeah. been like, oh, like this is what we needed. Yeah. Like, oh, you guys, yeah, so it's so weird. Well, it's that's cool. why when yeah. you asked me about like, how do people react to my modeling? I'm like, well, I feel yeah. like people are really cheerleaders. There's not mm. too many like people that are coming back and say, if anything, they'll come to me and say, how do I do that? Yeah. And I'm a giver. So I give them all of my tips. I'm like, go here, go to this agency. This is going to be best for you. So mm -hmm. like, hit me up. Like, I'm going to give you everything that I have because I'm genuinely a giver. Yeah. Mm. yeah. If anyone needs tips on podcasting, hit us up as well. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> um, so I guess of all of these like amazing gigs that you've done so far, and I know we've touched on a few throughout this episode, what would you say – is one gig that's really, like, that's stuck with you this whole time. Yeah. You know what? It's been a recent shoot that I've done. Um, hold up. There's a lot of companies that were involved with this. So Refinery29, Google Pixel, Pedestrian TV, and Getty Images. Yeah. 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 So they basically created this shoot specifically around, like, just to showcase what diversity and inclusivity looks like. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah. And when I walked into this shoot, it was amazing. Like, everyone was like a person of colour, um, mainly women behind the scenes. When I walked in and I saw a person that was someone who looked like they knew how to do my hair, I freaked out. I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh, yes, mm. because in past shoots, 
like people just go, I don't know what to do and then kind of try to do everything wrong that you can possibly do and I'm sitting there like, oh, this is the worst, right? Um, that was very early on. But yeah, this was like the most exciting shoot that I've ever been on and the energy was great. Like walked in, there was music playing, the women were like just kind of, it was kind of like, like home. Yeah. And usually when I walk onto sets, it's like, it's really like stale and sterile and like they're just trying to do their job. Mm. And yeah, so there was this beautiful woman. Her name was Basha. She's like the movement director. Um, she was there basically to create environment, mm. like just to create comfortability. So the models felt comfortable and everyone was like vibing. And then um, I have to shout out the photographer, Daphne Nguyen. Um, she shot the entire thing on a Google Pixel phone. Mm. So it wasn't those big, you know, cinematic cameras it was on a google pixel that was mind-blowing for me and yeah then we had the creative director peta chua as well again all people of color women of color running the show yeah um yeah and it was really cool because i was talking to the stylist miguel and he's like he works for harper's bazaar worked with some pretty big time you know shoots and he said like there was a moment we were all like sitting around in the in the um, living room just chatting away and goes, this energy is like electric. Mm. It's like I've been on so many shoots. There's just something that happens when a woman of color walks in through the door because everyone knows that like their energy shifts that way. Mm. And because I've never felt energy like this in a shoot before and he's like been doing it for years and years and years. So mm. that was really special to hear. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like not just people of colour, women of colour. They've just got to run more shit in the world mm. and we'll be right. Like, look at the Prime Minister over in New Zealand, like yeah. Jacinda Ardern. We've got – do you guys know who AOC is? She's yeah, like yeah. a US congresswoman running oh, the show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, women just bring a level of empathy and emotional intelligence that, you know, you just don't always get with the structured – way of doing things i guess so yeah Mm. so amazing oh that sounds so Mm. good and it must have been so inspiring to see people right yeah i think that was the first time where i was like oh okay this is how it looks like to have fun at a shoot like you people think Mm. like shoots are like fun and glamorous and glitzy it's like no it depends on the people that are there Mm. um Mm. and me being the dancer the bubbly person like i'm bringing that energy but, like, imagine if everyone was like that, you know? It's, it's, it was, yeah, it was really, like, the turning point for me. Like, this is a standard mm. of what it looks like to have an environment where you genuinely walk in and, like, be a part of that mm. and support it. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And I guess going back to what you're saying about the Getty Images thing, mm. that's what differentiates it, right? Um, understanding that genuine intention by doing what they're doing and trying to change the systems in that way mm. is what differentiates it from something that's tokenism and something that's genuinely pushing things yeah. forward, right? Definitely. Um, and I think yeah. the fact that you're a part of that is so freaking cool. Yeah. yeah. It's been really fulfilling. Like, I never imagined that I'd go from, like, you know, dance competition that I didn't think that I was going to win <laughs> to where I am right now. And it's just, like, following following my way and changing directions whenever I feel like, okay, this is not right for me. What else can I be doing? But yeah, like it's just conscious decision-making. It's, it's crazy to think like those moments in your life where you're like, if I didn't do that, if yeah. I if I had that split second thought of like, actually, I don't want to enter this competition. Mm. I'm too nervous. How things yeah, would have been so your much life different. Would have been so different. It would have, yeah. And at the same time, I'm always like, I just know that life is going to take me where it's supposed to take yeah. me. Mm-hmm. So I'm never regretful for anything. Mm-hmm. I'm always just appreciative. I'm like, look, I probably eventually would have wound up here anyway. 
but you're so right. That was definitely a turning point for me. So our thought-provoking question for you, Raghavi. Are you ready? Bum, bum, bum. Let's <laughs> go. What is the most desirable trait another person can possess? Oh, personally, for me, mm-hmm. it is like drive, like ambition. Mm-hmm. Um, passion, actually. Change that's passion, like you know, you don't have to be successful, but you've got to be passionate about something yeah. in life. Yeah, that is the most desirable trait. Mm. Every single person in my life has some kind of passion. What's your answer? Yeah. It's being genuine. Mm. Mm. I find that that is like the most desirable trait for me in a human. And every single person that I surround myself with, all my friends, even my partner, are like genuine to who they are as individuals. Mm. And don't sort of waver from that, yeah. Or like acceptance, or just to like get on with people, kind of thing. Like for the sake of it, they don't change who they are as a person, yeah. And I think that is so important. Yeah, yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah. How about for you? me? I, I really like the passion answer. I think that's a big one. Um, but also empathy and openness to understand mm. a different perspective. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I feel like you have those qualities as well. Maybe we've Maybe just cho- chosen yeah. all the qualities that we've like seen each other. Yeah. Damn. We should ask this question. Everyone listening right now, go <laughs> ask this question to your friends, your parents, to your significant wow. others, everyone, and see if they actually just pick out something in themselves. I love yeah. that. Because, yeah, now <laughs> I was thinking about my answers, so I didn't like, really process what you guys said. You are the most passionate, one of the most passionate people yeah, I know. You and you're hella genuine. Like, I, I don't think you would change for anyone. And you're like, comfortable with that. Interesting. Are you super open? Am I super open? I think I've become more open. Yeah. Yeah. But you're open to understanding people. You're very open. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I thought you meant Which open to sharing. Specific that yeah. was what he specifically yeah. said. Open to understanding. And you're very empathetic as yes. well. Yes, yeah. Mm. There Damn. you go. We just had a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> I love this for us. Damn. We yeah, found each other. We find ourselves <laughs> the sexiest people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rugby. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been so amazing to connect with you. I can't believe we've only met you like once before this and maybe talk that was to like you a five for minute like conversation 10 as well. minutes exactly yeah. Yeah. i feel like we're best friends amazing so Aww. thank you so much for being so open thank and you. honest with your time well i'm with the most genuine and empathetic people <laughs> in the room so <laughs> no seriously appreciate yes. it and Aww. we're looking forward to seeing you everywhere (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys so much i've I've been a big fan of stuck in between and i i really love what you guys are doing so i'm i've I've been super privileged i was nervous coming here but you know what you guys have made it really comforting for me so yeah thanks so much thank you thank you so much thanks for joining us everyone you can find ragavi on instagram at ragavi double underscore ragavan Join us for our next episode where Sandin and I cover the topic of expectations which are placed on us over time. If you have any stories to share, look out for our call out on our Instagram at stuckinbetween underscore podcast. The countdown is also on for the launch of our non-podcast related project that we've teased in past episodes. Stay tuned on our Insta over the next few weeks to find out what that is. We'll see you then. Bye.